Turn to Luke chapter 18, verse 35. We'll be there in just a moment. Luke 18, verse 35. You know, this weekend, as we begin to move toward a very special event that's going to happen right here in this sanctuary, as we move toward our 24-hour prayer vigil, I want to talk with you this morning about how to pray for a miracle. Because I know, I know some of your stories. And I know that some of you, and maybe even many of you here this morning, are in need of some kind of miracle. And prayer, listen to this, is the conversation that brings solutions. Conversation with God brings solutions. Even miraculous solutions. I like to say it this way. When you converse with God, He comes into your situation with a solution. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you need a miracle in your life, listen close. Because there are times in life when nothing else but a miracle will do. There are those times when your efforts are just not enough. There are those times when your personal skills and your knowledge are just not enough. There are times when there's nothing that you can do to fix your situation. There are times in life when the only thing that will work is a miracle from the hand of God. Amen? There are those situations when you need a touch from the Spirit of the living God. Now, when do you need a miracle? You need a miracle when your son or your daughter or your spouse is addicted and they can't get set free. You need a miracle when your boss comes in and says, I'm sorry, but I've got to let you go. Or I'm sorry, you still got a job, but your salary's going to drop. You need a miracle when the bills are past due and there's nothing left in the checkbook. You need a miracle when your marriage is struggling and your spouse just doesn't care. You need a miracle when the doctor comes in and says, I am sorry, there's not a thing we can do. The fact is, sometimes you need a miracle from the hand of the living God. And our God today is a God who speaks, amen? He's a God who cares and loves. He's a God who has no shortage of power for our lives. Now, when you read about the miracles in the Bible, you find the very ordinary people we're receiving from God extraordinary miracles. And when you read that, when you see that, you ask, why doesn't God work that way in my life? And the answer is, He wants to. He wants to work that way in your life. But most of the time, we are not living and we are not praying in a way that allows God to work that way in your life. In Luke chapter 18, we find the story of the blind man that Jesus healed. A very familiar story. But in this story, I want to share with you five principles that you can use when it comes to praying for a miracle. So let's look at God's word. In your Bible or on the screen this morning, here's the story. The Bible says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. 
He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way in front of Jesus, they they just rebuked him and said, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has healed you. There are five principles in this story about how to pray for the miracle you need in your life. Write this down, first of all. When praying for a miracle, be passionate. Put your heart into your prayers. Pray with intensity. Pray with urgency. I mean, have you ever noticed that when you have your kids ask you for things, they don't always want what they really say they want? I mean, you take them to a toy store and you say, Honey, walk down the aisles and give me some ideas for your, for your birthday. So little Johnny, he, he, he goes through the aisles and he wants most everything he sees. And he says, I want this and I want this and I want this. But whoa, I really want this. And as a parent, when you hear the change in the tone of his voice, when you hear the passion in his voice, you know as a parent, what he really, really wants. Folks, God listens to the passion in your voice, the passion in your heart when you pray. Some things that you say you want, you really don't want that badly. You don't even want them badly enough to pray for them more than once. I want to encourage you this morning, when you pray for a miracle, pray with the passion Of the blind man. The Bible says this. Here's Jesus coming into Jericho. This blind man is sitting by the roadside begging. He hears that Jesus is coming by. And what's he do? The Bible says he calls out. And I don't think he said, Jesus? (laughs) Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. He calls out with passion. The blind man is pleading with the only one who can give him what he wants. He's heard about the miracles of Jesus. And so he prays out loud with passion. God, have mercy on me. I think one problem that you and I have in prayer is what I call autopilot praying. It's when we pray, but our heart's not in it. Jesus called that kind of praying vain repetition. A vain repetition is something like, Father, hallowed be name. May your kingdom come. Oh, yes, may your will be done. On earth, it is as it's always done in heaven. There's no passion. There's no heart. God, bless the gift and the giver. God, bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Nothing wrong with the phrases. But we just rattle them off and we don't even mean them. There's no passion. We're not praying from our heart. God bless America. <laughs> and the longer that we're Christians, it's the easier it is for us to slip into this autopilot praying because we've learned all of those phrases. Somebody says, would you pray? Sure, I'll pray. 
Just pray one of those phrases. But God wants to know what you really want. And he wants you to ask him for what you want with the passion of the blind man. You see, look, God says this. You will find me when you seek me, here it is, with all of your heart. Half-hearted praying doesn't cut it with God. How long has it been when you really sought God with all of your heart? With great passion for the miracle that you need in your life. One man said, it's better to have heart without words than words without heart. Sometimes the most powerful prayer you can pray is a heartfelt, help. Help me, God. It's not very profound, but at least it's a passionate prayer. Help me, God. When praying for a miracle, first of all, be passionate. Then be persistent. Be persistent when you're praying. Keep praying until the miracle comes. Don't quit. The Bible says those who led the way rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But look at this. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I like this guy. Nobody's going to. Stop him from getting to God. Nobody's going to stop him from being passionate and persistent. The question is, do you persist in praying for your needs? Or do you pray for them and then just drop them? Do you persist or do you stop praying when the answer doesn't come in your time frame? Now, why should you be persistent? Should, should you be persistent because God doesn't hear you and you need to wake him up? <laughs> Not at all. The Bible says God never sleeps. He never slumbers. In fact, he's not all only always listening, but he even knows what you're going to ask for before you ask for it. It's not like you got to wake God up. It's not like you got to nag God and, and somehow twist his arm to get him to give you what you need. Because the Bible says this, if God loved you enough to give Jesus, his son, to die for you, he loves you enough to care for your other needs. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. The Bible goes and says, if you being an imperfect father know how to give good gifts, certainly your heavenly father who's perfect knows how to give gifts to you. So why should you be persistent when you pray? Because it shows what you really care about. If you don't care about it enough to pray about it more than once, and pray for it with passion, it's not that important to you. Passion reveals your persistence, excuse me, reveals your passion. I think as Christians, we need to learn how to persist in our prayers. We need to learn how to get on our, day, on our knees every day and keep knocking. Jesus says, keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. I mean, if you came to my door and knocked on the door, are you only going to go and expect me to come open the door? 
No, when you come to my door, you, more than likely, you're going to keep knocking until I open that door, till somebody comes. And Jesus is saying the same thing. Keep on asking me. Keep on knocking on heaven's door. Keep on seeking me with all of your heart. When you're praying for a miracle, be passionate, but also be persistent. And then third, be precise. In what you are asking God to do, be precise in your prayers. That means don't be vague. That means tell God exactly what you want. Vague prayers get vague answers. I mean, when you pray, God, bless America. How do you know if he did? (laughs) How do you know when he did? That's so vague. Be specific. But the blind man knew exactly what he wanted. His request was so precise. The Bible says, he says this. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He goes, Lord, I want to see. Precise. He shared his request with precision. And Jesus Christ is asking you the very same thing today. What do you want me to do for you? And if Jesus asked that this morning of you, what would you say back to Jesus? The Bible says the reason you don't have what you want is because you don't ask God for it. What precisely, what miracle do you want God to do for you? Are are some of you asking God for a financial miracle? Some of you for a relational miracle? Some of you for a physical miracle? What is your need? What is that thing that you are asking God to do? You need to be precise in your prayer. Lord, I want to see. Now, when Jesus came to the blind man and said, what do, we, what do you want me to do for you? Do you think Jesus really had to ask that? <laughs> do you think Jesus, God, don't you think he already knew what the man wanted him to do? Of course he did. He even knew that exact moment in history that that blind man on that street would call out to him. He even knew he'd say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus is God. So why in the world would Jesus ask, what do you want me to do for you if he already knew? It's because he wanted that blind man to put his trust in Almighty God. And he wanted him to verbalize his precise need and take that precise need to God and trust him to meet his need. George Mueller was a man of great faith in the last century. And George Mueller was a guy who who started orphanages all over England. And he had no supporters. He just saw kids in need, and he started to pull those kids in need into his arms and and take them in. And he started all of these orphanages, but he financed them by praying in the money. No marketing tool, no big daddies with a big bundle of money to get underneath that 
effort. No advertisement. He prayed in the money. And George Mueller kept a journal, and it's still in print today. You can read his journal, and you can find over 10,000 recorded answers to his prayers. And those orphanages took in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children and brought them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, was he a man of faith? Absolutely. What made him a man of faith? Seeing God answer his precise prayers again and again and again. Those, that record, those recorded answers to prayer in his journal show, God, the cupboards are empty. We have so many mouths to feed. God, we ask that you bring us bread at this moment today. And bread would show up. <laughs> you can read that journal. God, we, we have to have money. Money would show up exactly when it was needed. Folks, we have a mighty God, amen? Come on, you don't agree with me, amen? <laughs> we have an almighty God. And as you pray precisely and you see God answer prayers with precision, your faith is just going to grow and grow and grow. So when you're praying for your miracle to come, be passionate, be persistent, but be precise. But then fourth, be positive. Be positive. When you pray, expect Almighty God who knows you and loves you to act. Trust God with whom, in whom there's no shortage of power to answer. That's called faith. Jesus said to the blind man, receive your sight. Your faith, your belief in me has healed you. You've got to expect God to answer. And if you don't ever expect God to answer, why pray? Don't pray. Now, can you imagine the blind man going up to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I've heard you've done some miracles, but I, I really don't believe you can heal me, but still, I'm coming to you so you can kind of give it a shot. <laughs> can you imagine him saying that? He actually, though, believed that Jesus was the one, that Jesus was God in the flesh who could heal him. And you say, well, I don't even have that much faith. Okay. Use the faith you have. You see, it doesn't take a lot of faith to see God come down and touch you with his hand and answer. The truth is this. A little faith, the Bible says, the faith the size of even a little dinky mustard seed, a little faith will cause God to answer in big ways. It's not the size of your faith that matters. It's the size of our God. Amen? <laughs> and God is big. Bigger than we ever can imagine. Even a little faith in a big God gets big answers. And everybody has some faith. It just depends on what you decide to put your faith in. Who are you putting your faith in? You have faith when you decide to get on the freeway every day. <laughs> faith that you're not going to get creamed by some crazy driver. We've all got a little faith. But are you putting your faith in Almighty God? A dad one day came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my son needs to be healed. And Jesus said, do you believe that I can heal him? And he said, Lord, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. And Jesus looked at that man's little bit of faith. <laughs> he said, that's good enough. Go, your son is healed. Jesus says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe or have faith that you will receive it and it will be yours. Look at those words, ask and believe. Those are the two conditions. You must ask, 
but you must also believe. So how can you be more positive in prayer? How can you express more faith when you pray? The secret is this. You've got to get into the Word of God. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So if you want more faith in your heart, you've got to get more of God's Word in your heart. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. You need to learn the promises that God has given to you. There are over 7,000 promises in God's Word. And when you read your Bible, you ought to underline those promises and go through those promises and claim those promises when you pray. And then when you're praying, you can say, God, I need you to touch my life. And you said right here in your word that this is what you're promising to do, that you'll meet my needs. And so, God, I ask and I trust. You can claim the promises of God and you can use them when you pray. Now, God still knows the best way to answer. God still knows the best time to answer. So sometimes we've got to be patient. And sometimes while we're being patient and it seems like God is delaying the answer, we say, what's up, God? And that's okay. But you still keep trusting God. And it's sometimes in that in-between time that God causes you to grow. In that in-between time, God keeps you on your knees. He teaches you how to pray. He develops a more godly character. So you trust God with the timing and you trust God with the way that to answer. But you still claim his promise and you ask him to, to meet your need. But you've got to know the promises before you can pray with faith in God's promises. Over 100 years ago, a guy got on a ship. He was an immigrant who'd been living in America, now he gets back on the ship and he wants to go back to Scotland, his home country. He got on board and he ate peanut butter for every meal, every single day because he didn't have any money. He'd spent all of his money on just the ticket. On the last day of the trip, his roommate said, man, you kind of look sick, what's the matter? And the guy says, well, the only thing I've had to eat this whole trip is, is peanut butter. And then the roommate looked at him and said, didn't you know that your meals were included in your ticket? <laughs> They're already paid for. Folks, get this. Jesus Christ has already paid for all of your needs to be met. He's not only paid for your sins to be forgiven, but he's paid for every other thing that you need, the Bible says, for life and godliness. Look at this. The Bible says, Paul writes, My God shall supply all your needs in or through Christ Jesus. They are paid for. Ask God for what you need through prayer, through passionate, persistent, precise, positive, faith-filled prayer. Ask Almighty God. Amen? And then last this morning, when you ask and when he answers, be a praise giver. Be a giver of praise to Almighty God. When God does a miracle in your life, give Him the praise. The Bible says this. Immediately, the, the blind man received his sight. And look at what he did. He followed Jesus, praising God. And when the people saw it, they also praised God. Notice two things that this man did after he got his miracle. He followed Jesus, and he praised Father God. Those are the two things that we're to do when we've received an answer to prayer. Follow Jesus and praise God the Father. There's a story in the Bible where ten lepers came to Jesus. Nobody would help them. Nobody would touch them. 
But these lepers came to Jesus, and Jesus touched them and healed all ten of them. And they all went on their way. But pretty soon, one of them returned. Only one out of the ten returned, and he came back to give praise to Jesus. Now, isn't that kind of typical? 90% went on pursuing life, and only one stopped to give praise to Jesus. We pray and pray and pray for God to touch our lives and do a miracle in our lives. And he reaches down and he does it. And we just take off and go our way. And we don't even stop to praise God. What has God done for you that you've not yet praised him for? The Bible says in all your prayers, ask God for what you need. Always asking him with a thankful heart. Give praise as you're praying and give praise after the miracle comes. Praise Him. You can say, God, thank you for what you've already done in my life in the past. God, here's my new need. I praise you that in your own time and your way, you're going to meet this need. And then when the miracle comes, you get on your knees and say, God, thank you. I believe we need to be as precise in our thanksgiving and our praising as we do in our praying. Be a giver of praise. When you are praying for a miracle, look at your outline and, and share these out loud. When you're out loud with me right now, when you're praying for a miracle, what do we need to do? We need to be passionate. Come on, speak out loud. Be passionate. Be persistent. Be precise. Be positive, And be a praise giver. Some of you need a miracle this morning. Do you need God to do something that no one else can do? If that's where you are, I want to encourage you to start praying for a miracle this morning. Start today. I would encourage you to start trusting Almighty God who's willing to let His Holy Spirit rain down on you. And touch your life. Touch your need. This morning when you came in, you were handed a little sheet about our 24-hour prayer vigil. And on that sheet, you can write the miracle that you need to have happen in your life. And you can tear that off and you can drop it in the offering plate this morning. And then it's going to go on our lists around our various stations, our prayer table stations on March 30 and 31. And I want you to understand, when that request goes on those tables, every person who comes into this place, hundreds of people, are going to come into this place, and for 24 hours straight, they're going to be doing this. On your behalf. God, so-and-so needs a miracle. God, 24 hours straight, hundreds of people, knocking on the door of God, persisting, praying in faith for your need. Would you write down your need this morning and make sure it gets in the offering plate? And would you start trusting God for your miracle? Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Trust God for the miracle that you need in your life. I'm going to ask you all to stand right now. As we get ready to close this morning. And if you have something going on in your life that you want prayer for this morning, I'm going to ask you to take a bold step. I can't heal you.
Nobody in this room can heal you. Nobody can answer your need, but God can. Amen? Amen. And I want to encourage you to take that first step of trusting God for your miracle this morning. And if there's something in your life that you want God to address, something you can't fix, I'm going to ask you to just come and stand at this altar, and I'd like to pray for you. And let's start trusting God to rain down. Amen? God's here. And let's trust him to do a miracle that nobody else can do. So as the music plays, if God has spoken to your heart, would you come? And I'll I'll pray with each one of you individually. I'm going to ask some of our staff and some of our elders to also come and just lay hands on these people. miracles are needed. Amen. If God's not putting it on your heart to come, I'm just going to ask you to go ahead and be seated. And would you just pray? Pray and lift these people up to the Lord as as I pray for each one of them. We ask in Jesus' name.
And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? This prayer in your heart, help me, Father, to be passionate, persistent, precise, and positive as I pray for the miracle I need. And help me to always be a praise giver as I pray and as you answer my prayers. Lord Jesus, you're about to do some mighty things. We thank you that you are the one that we can trust. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ as our people begin to just trust in you for the miracle they need, that your spirit would rain down and meet their needs. We thank you in advance by faith. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Larry.